Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 20 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And the NFL Combine is in full swing in Indianapolis. That's right. Defensive linemen, linebackers took the field earlier today taping this Thursday night. The defensive backs will be taking the field tomorrow. Episode 18 was dedicated to the defensive linemen, linebackers uh, in episode 19. Episode 20, we're going to be talking about the corners and the safeties, who you'll be seeing there on Friday. want to break down the guys, what I'm going to be expecting to see from each of those, those players. We've got a lot of guys to talk through. 36 corners, 23 safeties to be exact. So there's a lot to cover. We'll jump right into it, but Really just kind of a teaser on what we're going to be talking about after the combine has taken place because we're going to preview each of the positions and then we'll do a recap session, talk about who really won the day, who really improved their draft stock and who may have a little bit of work to do there on their pro days. But some of these standouts, I think when you look at the defensive line, obviously the first group were the defensive tackles that took the field. Brian Brissy running that 4.9340, I, I thought uh, unofficially was was nice for him. Ultimately, when he came out there and ran, um, I think the official time wound up being a 4.86. That's really what we were looking for. The athletic profile looked pretty smooth in the drills as well. But Kalijah Cansey running that 4.6740, I think that's the fastest for defensive tackle since, well, I want to say 2006. So this is a guy who is moving up draft boards. He may have even eclipsed Brian Brissy as the number two defensive tackle behind Jalen Carter. Um, you know, I thought you know Jervon Dexter showed off a lot more athleticism. And then when you get into the drills, Zach Pickens, we talked about wanting to see more of that 2021 form. I thought he looked a little bit slower in his 2022 film. Now that I've seen him there at the combine running a sub 540, I want to go back and study the film a little bit more, especially getting into um, some additional tape there in 2022 because he looked really good even in the drills. Um, I thought that Jalen Redmond, you know, the second fastest 40 at 481, very athletic, a guy that you know has double-digit tackles for loss, can rush the passer as well. He helped himself out quite a bit. And then Moro Ojimo um, ran a, a 504-40, so not the best for a guy his size, but. Looked very smooth, looked explosive in the drills, moved very well laterally, and that's something that you definitely want to see. So I think he definitely improved his stock. He's the guy that I could see absolutely us talking about him in uh, that, that day two conversation. Then you get to uh, the, the edge rushers, and Nolan Smith put on a show. 238 pounds, 41-inch vertical leap, runs a 4.3940. I mean, that's absolutely staggering. And then you have Ade Adabare. We knew that he had that power. I talked about what type of athlete are we going to see from him. At 280 pounds, ran a 44940. If there was any question about him being a day two pick, I think that pretty much went out the window after that time. Will Anderson wanted to see him really elevate that game. Still came away with a 4640. We're going to talk about some of the drills and kind of get into him a little bit more. I talked about Nick Herbig. What's he going to show up at? He showed up at 240 pounds. Ended up running a 4.6540. I think that additional bulk really helped him because uh, we talked about him being kind of an undersized edge rusher. So that, that I think he's another guy that definitely showed up and and uh, you know sh showed up in a big way. You get to the linebackers and obviously Owen Papo. We knew he was going to be an athlete. Same with with Trenton Simpson. 
running a 4-3-9, 4-4-3 respectively. And then Yasir Abdullah, a guy who I think is a, a tremendous pass rusher. He runs a 4-4-7. He's moving up draft boards for sure into that day two uh, conversation. Same with Dorian Williams. Um, look, I, I mentioned Dean Winters as a potential will linebacker. Runs that 4-4-9 along with Dorian Williams. Uh, so those are some absolutely phenomenal times for those guys. I think that definitely is going to help their draft stock overall. Um, Jack Campbell runs a 4 6 5 40. Uh, you know, there were concerns about his overall athleticism. We'll talk about the drills, but at least the 40 time was pretty respectable. Got that under that 4 7 mark. So I think his status as a second round linebacker is definitely solidified there. So just a little bit, a little bit of a teaser to what we'll be talking about there day one of the uh, NFL Combine after we get through all the previews. We'll, we'll talk about that once all four of those days have been wrapped up. So let's jump right into the corners and we'll talk through each of these players, really kind of what we're looking for. Uh, Alex Austin out of Oregon State. Look, this is a tall, lanky corner and a guy who has tremendous ball skills. I think this is a guy that's really looking to put his name on the map. I thought he looked really good against USC going up against Jordan Addison. Um, you know, really a, a playmaker, very athletic there on the outside. 6'1", 192 pounds. Uh, you know, this is a guy that I think, you know, can play that man-to-man. That -man. And, and you really are, are just looking for uh, some that, that fluidity, especially for a guy who's 6'1". I think you really want to kind of separate yourself for a guy that's going to be that size. Um, you know, and look, you know, he, he in his four seasons there with, with uh, the Beavers, ended up with four interceptions, 20 pass breakups. So I, I think this is a way for him to kind of showcase as this, you know, a, a sophomore, um, you know, really start making a name for himself and, and kind of moving into the same conversation with a lot of, of these other guys on the board. Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Now look, this is one of two Maryland's out of Maryland D, uh, DBs that are going to come off uh, and, and compete back to back. Now Deontay Banks is another guy. Look, 6'1", 200 pounds. He's a physical dude and uh, you know really wants to jam guys, get his hands on you. Um, you know, is a, is a playmaker there on the outside. Don't just look at the stats. This is a guy that can lock you down. He's got a, you know, he's, he's a press corner. You want to see the physicality come out. And, uh, you know, we know that he's that, that physical presence, but what are we going to see from him from an athletic standpoint? What's that athletic profile look like? Because he's one of those guys who could potentially be a first round pick, possibly fall to round number two. Then you've got Jacorian Bennett his teammate and really his running mate on the other side. He's 5'11", 200 pounds. Um, you know, obviously, what's he going to measure in at? You know, this is a guy who, um, is he a, a guy that you can line up on the outside? He's probably going to be playing on the inside more than likely. Five interceptions, 24 pass breakups. Um, you know, isn't afraid to get his nose dirty in the running game as well. Um, so you just want to continue to see that explosiveness. Do you see just how quick he is? You know, can he drive on the football and, and, and make plays? You want to obviously that the fluidity with the hips should be there for a guy like uh, like, like Jacorian Bennett. Look, 5'11", 200, so he, he's pretty solidly built as well. Um, you know, obviously you want to see what the measurements come in there at the combine, but uh, looking forward to that. Makai Blackman out of USC. Now, with Makai Blackman, you know, this is a guy that um, was kind of up and down, very handsy in, in the, the, the tape. So you'll see him, you know, he'll grab a guy, uh, doesn't always trust his technique. 
six foot, 170 pounds, kind of a lankier corner. But look, the ball skills are absolutely evident. You put on that Stanford tape, you watch him attack the football in the air, tip the ball to himself for an interception in the end zone. Um, you know, a guy that when, when they needed a big play out of their secondary, you could absolutely count on uh, number six for the Trojans. And Makai Blackman, for me, is, is one of those corners that um, I think he needs to have a, a really solid day because he, he's someone that could be in that, that, that day two conversation into that, that third round, but he could also come off the board as, as low as, as round number five. Um, so I, I think a big day out of him showcasing that, that athleticism to go along with his ability to, uh, to play in that, that, that man coverage and uh, attack the football in the air. You know, I think that's really going to go a long way. Also needs to make sure that he's a- answering to, uh, you know, some of that grabbiness, you know, because look, you know, you, you got to be able to trust your technique. Uh, you're not going to get away with that at the next level. So trust in that technique. You're all, you know, you're in position to make a play on the football. Just go up and get it. Um, then you get to Lance Boykin out of, out of Coastal Carolina. Lance Boykin's an interesting kid. Uh, you know, he's got tremendous length. And that's one of the things that I think is going to bode well for him. He's 6'3", 210 pounds, transferred from Old Dominion to Coastal Carolina. A, a guy with, with seven interceptions, uh, including five in, uh, in the last two seasons while he was there with the Chanticleers. And uh, also had 12 uh, PBUs there with uh, the Chanticleers. And with Lance Boykin, this is a guy who has decent hips, um, can flip them pretty quickly, can drive on the ball. Um, seem to be a step slow a little bit, so that's one of the things that I want to look at is is some of that that stiffness. Um, you know, he seemed to take some some poor angles, watching some of the film as well at times. Um, so being able to to watch his fluidity, his movement out there, and then his ability as he's driving on the football, what type of angles is he making um, in, in some of the drills? You know, is he uh, you know a, a standout or a guy that's just going to kind of blend into the situation? Julius Brents is an interesting dude because he is a monster at that cornerback position. He's 6'4", 204, has length for days, four interceptions this past season. But he's also a guy that also seemed to get burned uh, quite a bit, you know, getting vertical. This is a guy, look, I, I think he can drop. Um, you know, the, the zone coverage is absolutely there. You see some of that length as well. Look, you know, when you talk about guys who are 6'4", I think the, the prototypical tall corner is going to be Tariq Woolen. And when you look at Tariq Woolen, obviously that converted wide receiver, um, but with, with Woolen, when he was coming out, he was raw, came out as a, as a fifth round pick there for the Seahawks. And uh, you know, at 6'4", 205 pounds, and uh, had only you know, had two interceptions, nine pass breakups in his career there at U- UTSA. Dude didn't even start uh, for the majority of the season for the Roadrunners. And then we know what he did out on the football field. So, the look, NFL is a copycat league. They can look at this kid and say, you know what? You know, if Julius Brents can run a 4-2-6-40, uh, then, then we're really talking about things there. I don't see him doing that. He's probably falling more into the lines of you know, guys like, like Lonnie Johnson um, coming out. Um, you know, I think Lonnie Johnson Jr., um, you know, with the Tennessee Titans, when he came out and entered the draft, there was a lot of hype around him being, you know, a taller corner. Ended up only coming in at six one and seven eighths. Uh, ran a four five two forty. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see just that that athleticism and that that athletic profile there with Julius Brents. Is he a guy that we can really line up on the outside? You know, what type of athlete are we really talking about here? 
Miles Brooks out of Louisiana Tech is a guy that I think is kind of flying under the radar. People aren't really talking about, but is a you know was a really solid corner there for uh, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Uh, three interceptions, eight pass breakups in. Uh, 2022, and uh, a guy that look, you know, he ran stride for stride with with Missouri's Luther Burden when uh, La Tech took on the, the the Mizzou Tigers. Ran stride for stride down the sideline, eyes in the backfield, used that arm bar to feel the wide receiver, then able to elevate, get a hand in, and knock it away. Um, you know, some dumb penalties uh, called against him, so I think that's something that they're going to have to talk talk uh, talk about a little bit, but. 6'2", 198 pounds. Uh, the, the junior definitely has some skills. And, uh, you know, again, one of those taller corners. We want to see really what that athletic profile is looking like. Is he a guy that can kind of separate from some of these guys at, at some of these bigger bigger colleges? We're probably talking about a guy that's going to come off the board sometime on day three. But I think a guy that could end up working his way into the rotation. Cameron Brown out of Ohio State. six foot, 190 pounds. This guy was just a solid, solid performer for them. His issue really was all about health. You know, played in nine games in 2021, eight games in 2022. You know, this is a guy that he was solid when he was out there, but they couldn't keep him on the field. So I think the medicals are really going to be big for him and then also show off that athleticism as well. I think that's something that, you know, we really have to see out of you know, out of Cam Brown is, is look, you know, you're you are injury prone, it seems like. So let's Make sure that you know when you are healthy coming back, because you know you you were dealing with a knee injury early on in 2022. Uh, what does that look like? And uh, you know how quickly are you bouncing back? Um, you know he even ended up with a stinger later on in the season as well uh, against Michigan. So this was a guy. You know it, it just seemed like injuries kept seeming you know seeing to find this kid. But you know, if you can keep him on the field, the kid can be a player. I just worry about that injury history potentially causing him to be a, a third round, uh, I mean, sorry, a, a day three pick. Arquan Bush. Now, look, Arquan, you know, obviously you, you look at Cincinnati last year and you had obviously the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in Sauce Gardner. You had Kobe Bryant, the Jim Thorpe Award winner, but Arquan Bush was a solid player for them as well. Really, that nickel moved into that corner spot when those two guys left for the NFL. Six foot, 185 pounds, offers that versatility. And look, the ball skills are evident. You know, four seasons uh, with the Bearcats with at least two interceptions, nine for his career, 21 pass breakups. I think because of his versatility, he, he's a guy that could absolutely get drafted. Uh, Want to see a, again what can he do out there? Can he separate himself from some of these other guys that are out there? Um, you know, because there, there are a lot of corner, a lot of athletic corners, a lot of guys that we're going to be watching. Um, I, I think Arquan Bush gets drafted, but I think it won't be until day three. Uh, Keetrell Clark, um, kind of an undersized corner. He's 5'11", 165 pounds. And really, this is going to be a guy that we're going to be keeping an eye on. Um, you know, has good ball skills. Um, he's just undersized. And so obviously when you've got those undersized corners, you're talking about, okay, you know, this is a guy that's likely going to play inside, play that nickel. Um, you know, you want to see the, the quickness. You want to see the fluidity with the hips. You want to see his ability to drive on the football. So, you know, those are some of the things you're going to be looking for there. Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Six foot, 180 pounds. This guy can be a lockdown corner on the outside. You know, I think that's absolutely apparent. You know, a guy that has six 
defensive touchdowns, you know, picking passes off and returning them for, for a score, has a knack for that, you know, that pick six, right? 14 interceptions in his career, including six this past season, uh, you know, 20 pass breakups. To me, I look at, at Emmanuel Forbes and I see a first round corner. I just want him to go out there and showcase that ability, prove to everyone that he is a first round corner, that he should be selected above guys like Deontay Banks. Because I think really, when you talk to everyone, you, you've got Devin Witherspoon, you've got Christian Gonzalez, and you've got Joey Porter. Those are my three guys. After that, I think there's really some room there for who's going to be that number four corner. You know, is it is it uh, you know, Keely Ringo? Uh, is it Emmanuel Forbes? Um, you know, who who's that guy going to be that's going to step up there? And uh, I think Emmanuel Forbes has a great shot at, at coming out here and absolutely balling out. And if he does that, that'll, I think, solidify his status as the number four corner in this draft. Makai Garner out of LSU, formerly of Louisiana. And look, 6'2", 212. He's a big physical guy out there on, on the, the outside. And uh, look, you know, 23 pass breakups, um, had three interceptions in 2020, hasn't seen a, a pick since. But, you know, he's a physical presence there on the outside. I wonder if ultimately his home is going to be at the safety position. You want to look for some of that stiffness, see if he's a guy that's going to be able to play on, on the outside. I ultimately think, a, you know, safety is going to be his role. I think he's going to be a late day three selection. Um, you know, and really, you know, he's going to have to show that athleticism to be able to move his way back into that cornerback consideration. You know, the, the cover skills are, are there. I just worry about his ability to turn and run. You worry about that, that ability to, to drive on the football. Um, you know, I think some of his straight line is fine, but that lateral agility may get himself into trouble, especially in coverage on the outside. Which takes us to Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Look, transfer from Colorado, gets to Oregon, that, that bigger profile, right? And this guy is the best cover corner, pure cover corner in this year's draft, in my opinion. You know, a guy that just sticks like glue to his man, um, uses the sideline to his advantage, uh, tremendous ball skills, um, you know, press corner, wants to get his hands on you, then he'll turn, run, locates the football, gets his head around, knows where his man is, isn't going to panic, um, has excellent recovery speed, um, closes that distance in a hurry, and then he knows what to do when he goes up and gets, you know, gets to the football, the hand fighting, everything else. Th this guy just, he knows what he's doing out there on the on the edge. And I think, you know, really when you're talking about um, the pure cor uh, cover corner ability, um, I, I think he's that top corner. The question's going to be, you know, the physicality of, of Devin Witherspoon, the length of Joey Porter Jr., or the overall uh, man cover skills of, of Christian Gonzalez. Who's going to be that first cornerback taken? I think the Lions at six, they need help at that cornerback position. I think one of those three guys is going to come off the board at number six, and I think the, the combine is really going to help solidify that order in in that cornerback class, and I think Christian Gonzalez has a, a chance to really make a statement. Which takes us to Travis Hodges Tomlinson, this year's Jim Thorpe Award winner coming out of TCU, and I think there's no question Everybody knows that this guy is a baller. He's a, he's a physical presence. He plays bigger than his size. The question is, is you know that that size, five seven. You know he, they they had him measured at five nine there with 
uh, the Horn Frogs, but he actually measured in at five foot seven, and, and so a corner that small, you're thinking more like Nikel Roby Coleman, a guy that could still make plays. But uh, you know, look, Hodges Tomlinson, he was out there on the on the outside, and even though there were the height mismatches, he was still you know a, a very um, you know he was a gamer. He was still going to challenge you, and he was still going to attack the football. He was aggressive. He'd drive on the football really well. I think his home is going to be inside that slot corner, but that 5'7", it just, it, it's going to scare you a little bit. You know, I think some teams may even pull him off their draft board. But look, Mikel Roby Coleman was a solid pro coming out of USC, best years there at, uh, at you know, uh, with the Buffalo Bills, and uh, he was an undrafted free agent that ultimately worked his way onto the team. I think Hodges Tomlinson, you know, the the, the bloodlines, you know, the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson, um, I, I think there's a good chance that we do see him drafted, but he's going to have to really wow everyone here at, uh, at the Combine um, to solidify that status because when you're talking about a corner that's that small, um, you know, you got to make sure that this is a guy that um, fits the athletic profile that you're looking for. You know, is he going to be a guy that can make plays on the ball? Anthony Johnson out of Virginia. Now, Anthony Johnson is is a guy that um, you know I need to honestly go back and do some more more studying on. Um, I, I didn't get a, a good chance to see a, a ton of um, Virginia football, and when I did, I wasn't studying Anthony Johnson nearly like I should. But uh, look, six one two oh five. Um, I know that he's got ball skills for days. Thirty uh, pass breakups, seven interceptions in his career transferred to Virginia from Louisville uh, prior to the 2021 season and uh, you know was absolutely balling out for uh, for the Cavaliers there in 2022 with, with double digit pass breakups and uh, a guy that has a nose for the football I do know that but I need to get some additional tape on him and, and watch a little bit more guy who also has nine tackles for loss in his career so he's he's willing to come up and and, and hit you, tackle you, get you down uh, behind the line of scrimmage. So you know whether it's against the run or being effective, especially on those quick throws into the boundary, being able to beat blocks and, and drop guys for loss. So I think that that bodes well for his draft stock. Just want to see um, you know if he can separate himself a little bit, uh, be one of those guys that teams are buzzing about um, after his performance. You know some of these guys that may not have that that name recognition of some of these other corners I think these are the guys that can use a, a platform like the combine to really start breaking out and um, make guys like myself go back and take a look at, at more game film Jalen Jones out of Texas A&M 6'2", 205 uh, so there's absolute, you know, absolute length there's no question about that um, his, his ability on, on the outside um you know, he, I thought he was up and down. You know, look, you know, if you look at the stats and you just want to pay attention to stats, um, then you're going to look at it and say, look, just two pass breakups, no interceptions. You know, they didn't throw a ton at him. Um, when they did, he was able to drive on the football, get a hand in, and, and make a play. Um, a guy that's going to be able to get downhill and drop guys right around the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I, I think you know, being a guy that's six foot two. And over 200 pounds, you want to make sure that he can be a fluid uh, athlete there on on the outside. And um, you know the the production uh, shouldn't scare you too much. 
You know, I remember Mackenzie Alexander was a guy that never had um, an interception in his career there at um, at Clemson, which ultimately caused him to fall to round number two. Um, but you know, a guy that still has been a, a solid performer. Um, so Jalen Johnson, or I'm sorry, Jalen Jones, a solid performance at the combine, I think will solidify his status as a a, a day two corner. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that there's enough there to say that he's absolutely a first-round guy. Some people have actually had him coming off the board in round number uh, round number one. I just don't think that it's necessarily there just yet. Nick Jones out of Ball State, a guy that look, you know, people haven't been talking about, but you know, he's six foot, 185 pounds, and uh, you know, he's he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker there for the Cardinals. Uh, two interceptions, 12 pass breakups in 2022. Uh, I love his ability to be able to drive on the football. The ball skills are evident. You just want to see, you know, just how fluid he is as an athlete. You know, the, the game film shows a, a, a guy that can close on that football in a hurry. You see the ball skills. I think he's a mid-day three guy. And so anything he could do at the combine to really show off some of that athleticism could bode well for that draft stock and potentially move him up the draft board. Caillou Blue Kelly, another guy that has tremendous bloodlines. His father, Brian Kelly, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, former USC Trojan as well. And uh, look, 6'1", 186 pounds, um, you know, 23 pass breakups in his career. The ball skills definitely jump off the film. What I love about Caillou Blue Kelly is his positioning. You always see the, bo- the body position. Um, that was evident against Notre Dame. Covered my- Michael Mayer. Um, running up the field, inside release, comes back on a curl, uh, and Kelly was really you know sitting on that route, able to get inside uh, Mayer, the body position, ball thrown to the inside, was able to get his hand in and knock knock the football away. Also, you know if a quarter quarterback's going to make a mistake and throw that ball a little bit to the inside because of his body position down the field and, and those ball skills, he's absolutely going to be a guy that's going to be able to make a play on the football. Um, I, I think he's a guy that can, can beat the block uh, and, and shoot in, into the backfield and make plays in, in, the, in the open field. I think he's a patient corner, waits for the receiver to commit either to the outside or inside, does get himself in trouble with, with the eyes in the backfield um, and, and can get susceptible to those, those double moves. Um, you know, got beaten off the line by Jordan Addison uh, on a 75-yard touchdown. That was really where Jordan Addison was at his best, by the way. You know, wide receivers we're not going to talk about yet, but Addison was battling an ankle injury for most of the season. I believe that Stanford game was his last game at USC where he uh, was truly his explosive self, and that performance was absolutely dominant, and uh, Caillou Blue Kelly got an introduction into to some of that speed. So really want to see some of that athleticism coming out from him. Look, when they, they played USC... Uh, last year, went up against Drake, Drake London, go route, able to go up and knock the pass away. Now, this was a, a, a big leaper, was able to utilize you know the uh, his length, his size to uh, to really challenge Drake London. I thought that was a pretty um, well contested uh, performance there against Drake. Um, ultimately, I think Drake used some of that size, especially boxing out Kelly, uh, beating him on on that one-on-one. So, you know, the, the physicality, though, this is a guy that's going to challenge you, and, and so I, I like that. But I want to see some of that athleticism come out as well in, in some of these drills. Uh, 
Daryl Luter Jr. out of South Alabama. This is a guy, look, one of the better performers in all of uh, the Sun Belt Conference and uh, a guy that I think uh, has a chance to really showcase some of his skills here at the Combine. Six foot, 180 pounds, five interceptions, including four in 2021, 18 pass breakups. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is a guy that uh, I think he's quicker than he is fast, but uh, does a really good job driving on footballs on, on those out routes, gets underneath those routes, gets a hand in to break them up. Good ability to wrap the receivers up, drive through the ball carrier, not allow any yak as well. Um, you know, so again, what type of athletic profile are we talking about with Daryl Luter? Day three guy, I think this performance could help him potentially move his way up a little bit there um, on day number three. Then there's Cameron Mitchell out of Northwestern. And with Cameron Mitchell, this guy, you know, he, he came out, uh, he's 6'195 pounds, redshirt junior, and uh, decided to come out after after the season, you know, 18 pass breakups in his career, a couple of picks. I was kind of surprised that he did come out. Um, I, I like the cover skills. I, I see the ability to run stride for stride down the sideline. Uh, you see some of the position there. Uh, never lets that receiver get over the top of his route on, on a lot of those plays. Uh, stayed right in the hip pocket of Trey Palmer. Um, able to elevate and attack that football as well. Um, does a really good job attacking that catch point. Um, you know, even going up against some of the big tight ends like against Ohio State, going up against Big G Scott, um, did a really good job being able to, to cover him. Um, so you, you like that ability, you like his ability to drive on the football. I just thought, looking especially at this this draft class and, and the depth of the class, that Cam Mitchell it would have served him best to come back to Northwestern for another season. But uh, entering the draft, he's a day three guy for me. And, uh, you know, can he separate, you know, separate himself? Uh, he's just in, in this group of guys in day three that are really going to be fighting for, you know, that positioning into that fifth, sixth, seventh round. Riley Moss of Iowa. Look, 6'1", 194 pounds. And I don't know why people doubt this guy's ability. Um, you know, they, they, they talk about, is should he be a safety? Um, you know, look, his senior bowl performance showed that he's got the cover skills for days, that he can be a, a guy on the outside. He's got the, the physicality as well. Um, he's always in position to make a play on the football. Um, three pick sixes in his career, a total of 11 interceptions, 26 pass breakups. This guy is a ball player and will be, you know, I, I think at some point in his career, probably early on as well, he'll be a starting corner in the league. Um, and I think this will be a way for him to showcase his ability and, and show why he deserves to be a day two pick. Clark Phillips III out of Utah. Look, you know, another guy who has tremendous, tremendous ball skills. I think everybody have fun, you know, watching any of the matchups that Clark Phillips was involved in. 5'10", 191 pounds. Another guy who has a knack for finding the end zone uh, for Six sixes in his career had six interceptions this past season. He had 13 pass breakups in, in 2021. So a guy that just absolutely knows how to make plays on the football. Just that nose for the ball, um, reads the quarterback really well. Does a great job. All the all the great corners do a great job of 
being in position, locating the football, and then being able to attack. And they don't really panic either. That's the other thing. A lot of these guys, I mentioned that with Makai Blackman, panicking and, and not trusting uh, their, their technique and getting themselves into trouble because of that. Phillips reminds me a lot of, of a couple of Pac-12 corners that recently came off the board. Uh, you know, you think last year Trent McDuffie uh, ultimately was taken with the 21st overall selection and at the combine ran a 4-4-4-40 at 5-10 and 3 quarters, 193 pounds. Um, and then uh, his running mate there, Kyler Gordon, another guy who was an exceptional performer within uh, in the Pac-12, 5'11 and a half, runs that 4-5-240 and uh, ultimately was a second round pick, number 39 overall. Now with Clark Phillips, Obviously, you know, the question is going to be that size. How big is he really? Um, I, I think some of that measurement is, is going to really play well for him, potentially, if he's at 5'10 range, uh, especially if he's running that 40 time around where we saw Trent McDuffie. Because of those ball skills, I can see this guy getting himself drafted. I mentioned Emmanuel Forbes there. Don't forget about Cam Smith, and don't forget about Clark Phillips. I think those are the guys that really we need to be talking about there. After that, yes, you've got uh, Deontay Banks and, and, and DJ Turner, Kelly Ringo, but these are the guys that have been out there performing and uh, you know are you know looking you know poised to really be those first round picks. Then you've got Joey Porter Jr. When you talk about bloodlines, you, you've got to talk about Joey Porter Jr. as well. Six to 192 pounds. His dad, Joey, um, you know, I, I think everybody knows him for, for his time there with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, tremendous length. I think that's really the biggest thing. Um, you know, just has that, that ability to, to jam you off the football, very physical with his hands. Um, you know, you just love the, the hips as well to be able to turn and run with the receiver while those eyes are in the backfield. Um, I think that's something that you definitely see. Um, time and time again um, you know look they play Purdue uh, Charlie Jones jumped to the outside Porter ends up going with him it was one of the few guys where Charlie Jones was not able to separate from you know Charlie Jones is a is a bad dude there on the outside um, you know the biggest thing that, that you did see in, in 2021 out of Joey Porter going up against a guy like Chris Olave um, he was very handsy grabbing the jersey when he tried to cut away from him call for defensive pass interference um, so obviously there are some concerns there you know with with some of that grabbiness but uh, the physicality is absolutely there you just want to see just how athletic he's going to be at 62 and 192 pounds that wingspan is absolutely ridiculous I'm curious to see exactly what it's measured in at um, but a guy that can absolutely make plays there on the outside and I think you know that athleticism is really going to go a long way for uh, for Porter you know in determining exactly where he is going to come off the football or off the board Eli Ricks Alabama, formerly of LSU, and I think really with Eli Ricks, you know, the question is going to be, how fast is he really? Um, he, he's one of those guys to where you know he's very aggressive. You see the ball skills, um, but will also get himself into trouble. Um, he, he's going to uh, grab jerseys. Uh, he, he's a guy that you know. I, and I look at my notes. I, I've got that uh, you know, Mississippi State, LSU, Auburn where he would sit there and, and panic at times, get beaten, and then grab the jersey. Um, obviously, you know, he, he sat out um, the, uh, the 2021 season for part of, you know, part of the year with a, a shoulder injury, ultimately comes to Alabama. And, and I think really with Eli Ricks, 
the, the question for me with him is, you know, he's 6'2", 196 pounds. Where ultimately is he going to be playing? Because, you know, the question is, is you know, just how fast is this guy? You know, where, where's, you know, what's that speed profile really look like, you know, for him? In, in 2020, he came out as a, as a true freshman, four interceptions, five pass breakups. You know, really turned a lot of heads and everyone was like, wow, this guy could be the next great um, LSU corner, right? Um, you know, when I look at him, you, know, you wonder, all right, is he a greedy Williams? It was 6'2", 185 pounds, was, a, was a, a second round pick, number 46 overall of the Cleveland Browns, ran a 4-3-7-40. And that was kind of the difference there. I just, I'm curious, what's Eli Ricks going to run? If it's in that 4-6 range, then obviously that's going to be a huge impact to that draft stock. Um, and I, I just don't know that he's necessarily returned to that 2020 form. So want to see the type of athlete that he, he is at this point. Which then reads a, brings us to probably the most polarizing of the corners, which is Kelly Ringo. I think everybody's all, all over the board with him. 6'2", 205, four interceptions, 15 pass breakups. You know, a guy that uh, you know, solidified the win there for Georgia in, in, the, in 2021. You know, the, the national championship there. And uh, a guy that has the ball skills. You see him. Uh, put himself in position to make plays, gets over the top of routes, uh, can drive on the football, but also gets beaten a ton. And I think I know that you know it's because he's lining up against the number one receiver quite a bit. But uh, you know he, he struggled against Mario Mar Marvin Harrison. Um, he, he struggled against uh, um, you know at times even against uh, Keishon Bouti. It, it really didn't matter who he lined up against. Those guys were able to to get after him. And you know, I thought that was something that he, he struggled at times with. Um, you know, he'd get physical, and that was something that I thought was, was nice. You know, you'd see the physicality, especially against Cedric Tillman. The physicality was absolutely there. Um, you know, misjudge the football quite a bit too. But you know, just him getting beaten, you know, and getting that head around. Sometimes he's losing where that receiver was. Sometimes they'll get separation. You really want to see just how fluid of an athlete Kelly Ringo or Keely Ringo truly is, because if he's if he's just an average athlete, then I think you really have to take the uh, the first round consideration off the board. I obviously you know, I, I don't have him in round number one right now. I just don't because I, I don't see first round. Um, you know the, the playmaking ability is there, but I think ultimately you know he's better suited as a, a second round pick. And I think, you know, depending on what happens at the Combine, you know, we may solidify that. Um, you know, that'll be one of the question marks that I have. Darius Rush, I thought, definitely helped himself at the Senior Bowl. Uh, a guy that seemed to be all over the field making plays um, in practice. 6'2", 195 pounds. A guy that was able to jump routes, get his hand in the passing lane. 15 pass breakups, three interceptions in his career. Um, you know, again, you know, utilizing this postseason in the pre-draft process, you've got, you know, he excelled at the All-Star game. What's he going to do at the Combine? What are we going to see at his pro day? If he continues to put together some really good tape for coaches after the season, um, then he's a guy that I think could absolutely continue to move up draft boards, which then takes us to Cam Smith. Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Could he be the next South Carolina Gamecock to be a, a first-round pick? 6'1", 187 pounds. Ball skills for days, six interceptions, 18 pass breakups. Uh, you love the size. Um, again, you know, you're going to get to see him against some of these other guys and, and see 
uh, that athleticism. You know, you want to see does he he stack up with a lot of these guys? You know, he can play corner on the outside. He can be a nickel. Um, got beaten deep at times, but then was able to show that speed, that closing speed, to be able to to make a break on it. And uh, you now watched him against uh, you know Jalen Hyatt one on one. You know, this was a guy, the Blitnikoff Award winner. You saw him with the back pedal opened up to the inside. Receiver releases to the outside, able to get the hips around down the field and uh, stays right with him, forced the incompletion. You see him then in off coverage uh, versus Hyatt into the end zone, reads the swing pass to the running back, comes off his man downhill, lights up the running back for a tackle for loss, undercutting the running back behind the line of scrimmage in the open field, uh, ultimately forced a field goal by Tennessee there as well. Um, so it's one of those things to where, you know, even you know, coming downhill on Hyatt who catches a pass in front of him, that wrap-up ability didn't allow any yak. Kept him in front of him the entire time. You know, driving downhill, uh, able to get his hands in the passing lane and break everything up. You know, Jalen Hyatt had six receptions for 65 yards in the first half. Did nothing in the second half. And I mean, you know, when you're talking about the Volitnikov Award winner and a guy that was making plays and and really torched teams time and time again, I think Cam Smith's ability to lock him down in the second half was a big reason why South Carolina wound up beating Tennessee on November 19th. And so when you talk about that, you just look for some of those individual matchups. I think that game solidified Cam Smith's, uh, the argument that Cam Smith should be a first round pick. And then I, I think, you know, just being able to showcase and show, yeah, you know, he's the athlete that everybody expected him to be here at the combine. Terrell Smith out of, of Minnesota, a guy that people aren't really talking about a ton, but he's 6'1", 215 pounds, he's big, he's physical, a guy that, look, you know, he, he had four and a half tackles for loss, two sacks this season, so a guy that can get physical against both the run and, uh, you know, show some ability to uh, break off the edge and make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I love his feistiness, I love the, the size, and really, when you're talking about a guy who's carrying some of that weight, is he going to show up at 215 pounds there at the combine, and then ultimately, what's he going to run? Um, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things. Not only that 40 time, that's the vertical speed and be able to see that. Um, you know, you want to take a look at the 10 yard split because you know, is it more build up speed or can he get to that that full speed in a hurry? And then obviously the the lateral agility, the fluidity in his hips. Uh, I think Terrell Smith is a guy that uh, you know could potentially be sitting there as a, a day two consideration. Um, again, there's so many guys here that we could talk about in that same category. I think he'll probably end up being a, a fourth round pick, but a guy that I think could really help an NFL franchise. Tyreek Stevenson, transferred from Georgia to Miami, six foot, 214 pounds. Um, uh, and I think for me with him, he's one of the better cover corners that are out there. Um, you see his ability to, to drive on the football, um, he can be physical with you. He's going to come downhill. Um, you know, I, I saw him against Virginia uh, in, in 2021. Take on Wayne Talapapa, who's a you know, he's a physical running back. Came downhill and really drilled him uh, in, in that football game. Um, the ball skills at times. You know, he can make a play, but can he finish? I think there were some dropped interceptions there. Want to see what those hands look like as well. Cam Trice out of Purdue. 6'3", 215. He's a big dude. So the question is really going to be, uh, is he going to be playing corner or is he a safety? 
you know, he's he, he's a guy that can kind of line up in a, in a couple of different situations there. Um, but look, you know, he's a guy that has the ball skills. He has the length. He's a guy that's going to be able to go up and fight you. Um, what I also loved was um, was able to challenge uh, Bryce Span Ford, a 6'7", 260-pound tight end there for Minnesota, and was able to get physical with that big tight end. And uh, so I, I love that ability to be physical. I love his ability, you know, the, the length and his ability to make a play on the football and coverage, you know, but are we going to see stiffness? You know, that's really going to be the biggest thing. You know, watch those transitions. Just how smooth is he going to be? Because, look, he played safety at Purdue. They moved him to corner um, prior to the 2021 season. Um, you know, and really his best year was 2022 at that cornerback spot. Had a couple of picks, 10 pass breakups. Uh, one of those picks was actually a pick six. Uh, but he's a guy that I think could end up being a safety at the next level, you know, but has some of that coverability as well. DJ Turner, the second there for Michigan, six foot, 180 pounds. And for me, DJ Turner was a guy, he was kind of up and down. Um, I, I thought he looked really good at times. Uh, there was some tape that was a little iffy, but uh, you know, a dude that always seemed to put himself in, in position to make a play on the football. And I think that was something that was really nice. You know, he um, will fly up from, from depth and make plays on the football. You see him in zone um, with really smooth hips transitioning after his back pedal to really drive and close on the football. Want to be able to just continue to see that there at the combine. Uh, Carrington Valentine out of Kentucky. This guy's just a feisty, feisty corner. Um, you know, six foot, 200. People didn't really talk about him a whole lot during the season. Uh, came out after his junior year, um, an interception, 10 pass breakups. Um, a guy who I think could get himself drafted. Um, I, I still think that he's going to be a day three guy. Um, Would have loved to see him go back to Kentucky for another year. But, um, you know, again, a guy who I think plays bigger than his size. And uh, I think he's somebody that needs to just showcase his ability to, to make some plays um, you know, and show off that athleticism. Jay Ward of LSU, 6'1", 180 pounds, corner, safety. Um, really, what is he? I think that's really going to be the big question mark there. Um, started his career with LSU as, as a corner, moved to safety in 2021, back to corner. I think he played some safety as well uh, this past season. Um, and so I, I think with him, again, look for stiffness in the drills and uh, a guy who I think ultimately will probably end up playing safety at the next level. You got Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, six foot, 190 pounds. And uh, I really like Garrett Williams. I think this guy is a gamer. Um, unfortunately, the ACL tear, you know, it sounds like he may be ready for training camp when it's all said and done. And uh, look, you know, a guy that has tremendous ball skills, um, you know, 18 pass breakups coming into 2022, played in seven games there in uh, uh, this, this past season. And uh, a guy that can be physical. You know, he was their leading tackler um, at one point. And, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that, that loved to play in off coverage, a guy that would play tight as well. It could be physical with you. Um, it was one of those things to where, uh, like, if you put on that Wake Forest game, uh, A.T. Perry really – uh, abused him uh, at, at times during that game and that was one of the things that um, really gave me pause with him um, I, that was actually the 2021 season when they played Wake but uh, you know, there was just some time where you, you saw P 
Perry eat up the cushion and off coverage. Ends up taking it on a skinny post and really just kind of ran right by him and um, set him up, throttled down, kept back to the inside, makes a plant as Williams was opening his hips to the inside, cuts back outside, easy score to the front pylon on a 69-yard touchdown. So um, it's one of those things to where I thought some of the film was, was spectacular with Garrett Williams. I thought there were times where he, he got burned. So I would have loved to have seen uh, him compete here at the Combine, show off um, you know, his athleticism because I think you're going to see a little bit of stiffness uh, to his game. Um, but his game is being physical. He's a guy that, that wants to come up and, and hit you a little bit as well. So I think teams that want some of that physicality on the outside will, will be taking Garrett Williams, even with him coming back from injury. Then you get to Devin Witherspoon. Big number 31 for Illinois, six foot, 180 pounds, and uh, the physicality is absolutely there. This is a dude that wants to look at and come downhill and break break things up, blow you up, make plays. Um, you know, there were times where you know he'd get a little flat-footed on the outside, and receivers would run by him. But you know, most of the time there was no wasted movement. He was able to to turn and run with you. He was able to to. Show the, the quick transitions and drive back on the football. You saw the ball skills as well, attacking the ball in the air. And I think for me, when you're looking at Devin Witherspoon, um, you know we know the physicality with which he plays. You know, he's six foot, 170 pounds. You know, did he put on any size? You know, he's a little smaller in, in the you know in terms of the the weight profile. So you wonder, you know, can he hold up against some of the bigger receivers at the next level? So you want to see you know, really what he weighs in at. Five interceptions, 25 pass breakups in his career. A guy that also has 11 and a half tackles for loss. He definitely gets after it. But you know, when you're talking about who the top corner is going to be coming out of the draft, you know, what does he what does he look like? How is he going to stack up versus uh, Christian Gonzalez and uh, Joey Porter Jr.? Those are really some of the questions that I think teams are going to want to answer. Um, you know, because I think these guys are going to be one, two, and three on on every team's draft board. And then you get to Rajon Wright out of Oregon State, 6'2", 191 pounds, um, a guy that uh, has good length. I think this is a guy that uh, you know uses that length, can, can attack the football in the air. Um, you see him being able to beat blocks coming downhill and drop guys right around the line of scrimmage as well. Uh, but look, you know, he's 6'2", you know, like Alex Austin, his teammate there with the Beavers. Um, I, I think with, with Rajon, you know, really what you want to see is you know, the, the fluidity for a guy who's a taller, taller corner at six foot two, 17 pass breakups in his career these last two years with the Beavers. So, you know, this is a guy that we know can make plays on the football. I'm going to be excited to see what, what he can do because I think he's one of the more underrated corners in this draft class. So now that takes us to the safeties. And we're going to kind of run quickly through the safeties because I know that we're, we're coming up on uh, on time here. What's interesting with the safety position is we're going to start off with a couple of Alabama Crimson Tide uh, teammates, Jordan Battle and Brian Branch, uh, a couple of guys who I, I think could be top five safeties when it's all said and done. Jordan Battle is a player that, to me, um, he's got good film, he's got bad film. You know, three-year starter, a veteran presence there on the back end, a guy that plays center field and, uh, you know, can, can drive on the football. Uh, ball skills were inconsistent, I thought, at times. I thought he was a sure tackler in the open field. 
a guy that has tremendous range, um, you know, can show off some cover skills as well. Um, you, know, you see some of that you know, stride for stride ability to, to run with the receiver, some savviness as well. You know, you'll see him kind of pull on the shoulder pad a little bit or pull on the uh, on the jersey. Never got called. Um, so some of that savviness there, a veteran move, 6'1", 210 pounds. Just how fluid is he going to be? I think that's going to be a big question. But Brian Branch, for me, was a guy that you know, I flirted with the idea of putting him in the top 20. Um, I think it's still a possibility. Um, you look at him at six foot, 190 pounds. He's a, a safety. He's a corner. You know, the quick cl uh, click and close ability. He rides at the football with physicality. Um, instincts and in zone coverage. He's a blitzer. He's a tackler. Um, excellent in the open field. And uh, a guy that just, he looks like he has real fluid hips. Real oily hips there. A guy that, again, is going to drive on that football coming downhill. But he also has the range, uh, sideline to sideline, playing over the top. And so I, I think this is a way to showcase, really solidify, put a stamp on him as the number one safety. And also be able to show that, hey, he's got some coverability. So that's going to make him a very valuable commodity because he has that versatility. Jair Brown out of Penn State. Another guy that I think is a tremendous athlete there on the outside. He's 5'11", 205, so a little bit undersized at that safety position, but a dude that's going to blitz, get downhill in a hurry, and make plays behind the line of scrimmage, get after that quarterback. A guy that, as a deep safety, can really drift, uh, you know, whether it's you know from the from the middle of the field to the hash, get outside the numbers. He has that uh, that 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 uh, ability over the top. And uh, is, he can be physical as a presence down there in the box. Um, can come from depth as well. And uh, to me, I think Jair Brown, just show us show us your skill. Show us your athleticism. I, I think he's a guy that I think is primed for a really solid 40 time. I think, you know, you see him driving downhill on the football. He explodes coming downhill. We don't, there's no question about that. That, that lateral agility is really what I'm going to be looking for. Ten interceptions in his career. Nine tackles for loss, including seven this past season. Four and a half sacks as well. He's a physical presence and a guy that I think everybody should be taking notice of. Sidney Brown, Illinois, six foot two oh five. Another guy who's very physical. Um, I, I thought, you know, I, I watched him against Michigan. Very tight coverage on a crossing route. Strive for strive with that big tight end, Col uh, Colston Loveland. You saw him blitzing, getting into the backfield. Uh, making his presence felt, a guy that uh, you know is looking to attack that football. Uh, you know, strong safety, so you know that you're going to have that physicality. But uh, a dude that has has the ball skills that I, I don't think a lot of people were really expecting. You look at him; he looks physical, like just a box defender. But then you look at, at what he was able to do out in coverage: six interceptions this past season, ten in his career, seven pass breakups. You know. Four forced fumbles in his career, two pick sixes, uh, 320 tackles in his five years there um, with the Fighting Illini, 10 tackles for loss, two sacks. The guy does a little bit of everything. And really the biggest thing that I'm looking for, again, is some of that fluidity uh, with him because I see, see the athlete there on the field, and this is one of those guys that I think could absolutely showcase some of that. I thought that he did struggle at times uh, going up against Sam Laporta, the, the Iowa tight end at times there. Uh, Laporta lines up in the slot. Uh, 
Laporta at three yards showed an outside release with the jab step outside that hard sell to turn the hips of, of Brown towards that sideline. Step back to the inside, cuts up that seam for a good 33 yards. Laporta on an out route at 16 yards, drives on that football as he's coming out of the cut, was able to get inside the tight end and disrupt the pass. So even though he, he struggled at times there with, with covering that, that, that tight end um, with that route running, really sold sold that fake, got Brown to open up the hips. He was able to return the favor and come back. So you love that, that, uh, that gaining mentality. Hey, I got beat. I struggled a little bit there, but I was able to come back off of that and, uh, and make a play against the tight end. To me, Sidney Brown should be a day two pick. I mean, hands down, this is a guy that can make plays all over the football field. So uh, I just, you know, I think this would be a way to help him solidify that. Uh, Shamari Connor, Virginia Tech, six foot and uh, 215 pounds. A guy that, um, you know, really was a nickel for them. And, uh, you know, an another guy that racked up a ton of tackles. You know, 314 to be exact, 21 tackles for loss, had 10 tackles for loss in 2019. Also had five and a half sacks. You know, four interceptions, 19 pass breakups as well. A, a guy that really people aren't talking a ton about. But uh, you saw some of the, the cover skills, um, his ability to, to, to get his hand in to make plays on the football and I think because he's a guy that teams really or I, I shouldn't say that you know that people aren't really talking about this could be a way to really showcase that ability you know this is a guy that that can play around the, the line of scrimmage can play in the box and what can he show up as as an athlete at the combine what could you know what can he show up with uh to really get teams to say you know what we got to go back and study some film because if you watch the film you're going to see a guy that that, that can cover a little bit, a guy that's going to play well in the box, um, you know, a guy that uh, if he gets beat, forgets about it, and and is making a play on, on the very next down. So I, I actually am a, am a fan of, of Shamari Connor and a guy that I think you know should get drafted on day three. Trey Dean out of Florida, you know Trey Dean the third look six three two oh seven, and uh, he's a big physical dude and uh, a, a guy that. You know, against Florida State, you know, reads the route. Um, Jordan Travis throws late to Johnny Wilson coming across the field. Dean reads it, undercuts the route, but drops a sure pick six. Um, that's one of the things that you look at with him is, you know, he's, he's in position, but can he finish the play? Um, when you look at, at that size as well, 6'3 and, and 207 pounds, and look, the taller safeties you worry about the stiffness, you know. And you know, I look at a guy like like Taylor Mays. You know, I remember when he came out, everyone was talking about, um, you know, unofficial four two four forty, winds up running a four four three at six three, and he was weighing two hundred thirty pounds, thirty four inch arms. But really, the biggest thing with him was, you know, that coverability. You know, he looked stiff in his hips. He was very stiff. He was kind of, you know, very muscle bound. You know, a guy that spent a ton of time in the weight room was jacked, but the problem was what there was a lot of stiffness in his hips, and so as a result, um, you know that limited limited his his effectiveness, and ultimately I think also made an impact on his draft stock overall, because this was a guy who um, still got drafted in the second round, 
to USC, but I think it affected his his ability uh, there out on the on the football field because I think a lot of people were expecting him to be a a first round pick. Um, at, at times, he falls all the way to number 49. Just one season there with the 49ers, uh, bounced around to the Bengals for a few years, and then really after that, it was you know practice squad, etc. Vikings, Lions, Raiders, um, you know, and then with the Bengals uh, in, in 2016 before ultimately getting cut. This is a three three time first team All American. Um, so it's one of those things. Those safeties, the bigger guys. Uh, just how fluid are they going to be? I think Trey Dean's no exception. He's not as big as Taylor Mays by any means. But when you see these guys that are over six foot, um, you know, when you get into that six three, and especially if they're over two hundred pounds, you just wonder about how fluid they're going to be as an athlete. Uh, Demarco Hellams there, out of Alabama, and uh, when I when I think of Demarco Hellams, this is a guy that to me seem to fly around, make plays behind the line of scrimmage or right around the line of scrimmage, a guy that can play in the box a little bit. Um, you know, he was able to run stride for stride, uh, going up against Jordan Whitt Whittington there against Texas, was able to affect the catch point there on that play, was able to drive and make plays on the run in the running game as well. Um, watch him against Mississippi State, uh, run coming into the boundary, and Helms is ultimately able to, to get over there, wrap up the, the running back Joquavius Marks for just a short gain. Um, you know, so that's one of the things that I think you see some of that range. He can play over the top. He can fly downhill uh, at 6'1", 208 pounds. Um, again, just looking at just how athletic is he going to be. Ronnie Hickman out of Ohio State, 6'1", 207, came out as a junior. I, he's one of those guys I would have loved to have seen come back for another season because I saw some up and down play for him. I thought he take, took some really poor angles at times. Uh, but as a box defender, you saw you know, reading the screen to the to the slot receiver, scrapes over the top, able to ultimately drop the receiver with a very sure open field tackle. Um, you know, got called you know against Michigan, um, arrived way too early at Ronnie Bell in the back end zone, got called for defensive pass interference. So um, up and down. You know, then he, he knifes in, makes a play on Donovan Edward, Edwards for for no gain. Um, so a guy that can make plays on the, on that football, um, drives on it well uh, against Akron. There was a crossing route to the tight end, went off of his hands. He was trailing the play, able to make a play on that football, wound up taking it 48 yards for the score. I think Hickman has a chance to be one of the more athletic safeties in this draft, and so I, I think that'll ultimately help his draft stock, see if he can really solidify his status as a day two guy. Um, Brandon Hill out of Pittsburgh. Now, Brandon Hill is an interesting guy. To me, I, I was kind of surprised that he came out. 5'11", 195 pounds. Um, this past season, 67 tackles, just two pass breakups in, in 12 games. Um, you know, I really thought that 2021 might have been his best season there with uh, the Pitt Panthers. Um, and to me, I, I think he's really going to have to come out and showcase – athleticism that kind of sets him apart because for me I see a lot of guys in this class that I would take ahead of Brandon Hill so I think he's got his work cut out for him he's one of those guys that you're expecting to come out and hopefully you know set the world on fire um, with his workouts because I just he's one of those guys that I think will get drafted but I think he'll end up being you know towards that that middle day three 
when it's all said and done. Uh, Jordan Howden out of Minnesota, six foot, two hundred and ten pounds. He's a bigger physical safety, a guy that uh, you know is going to come downhill, make plays on the running game. Um, look, he, he's a guy that was able to stick his nose in there against Northwestern, go up against a physical runner like Evan Hull, nail him in the in the hole and drive him back, um, shy of a first down. Um, Watched him against Syracuse in the Pinstripe Bowl. There was a slot fade down the sideline. Did a great job with inside leverage on Aronde Gadsden the second. Able to attack that catch point and ensure that uh, Gadsden wasn't able to, to haul that in. Um, was able to come over the top of some of the routes, especially you know balls hanging up in the air. Um, able to make a play on the football. I, I think Jordan Howden is one of the more underrated safeties in this draft class. People aren't really talking about him a ton. Um, so I'll be curious to see uh, the type of athlete that shows up there at the combine. Four interceptions, 20 pass breakups, 240 tackles in his career. Had three and a half tackles for losses past season. You know, so he, he's one of those guys I think could uh, end up really improving his draft stock here at the at the combine. Um, Anthony Johnson out of Iowa Iowa State. Um, I'm a big fan of his uh, because this was a guy that anytime I watched. Uh, Iowa State play, the Cyclones. He just seemed to be putting his nose in and, and making a play on the football. Um, you know, 14 tackles for loss in his career. Really, that 2019 season was his best year um, overall. Uh, seven tackles for loss, a couple of sacks, 10 pass breakups. Um, but a guy that I think, you know, played some corner, also a safety. Um, a guy that I think is a very sure tackler in the open field. Um, he's very tough in punt cover as well. Um, so you saw some of that. Um, you know, lined up on on Eric Gray when they played Oklahoma, and uh, you know, ran it out, drove on that football, wrapped up the running back, redirected him away from the run uh, from the end zone. So you see some of that. His ability to wrap up and get physical as well come down in the hole in the running game and, and drill you and then make a play over the top on, on the very next play. So I, I think he's a guy that uh, will be a, a day three guy, but a guy that I think can end up sticking with the roster because of that versatility. Which then leads us to Antonio Johnson. Uh, look, you know, nickel safety there for Texas A&M. Did a little bit of everything. 6'3", 200 pounds. The junior, anytime you put him, put the film on, he just seemed to be making plays. You know, even if you were trying to watch film on, on somebody else, you couldn't help but see 27 around the football. That nose, uh, he understood where the first down marker was. Would put his heels on that line, drive on the football, and uh, you know, make plays on that on that ball. Whether it was attacking that football to break it up or ensuring that that receiver did not get to the sticks. Um, very solid wrap-up tackler, really a violent tackler as well. Um, and he's just one of those guys that you just want to see as as an athlete, you know, the fluidity. Because you see, you know, the outside leverage versus the run, really on a stretch play to the wide side, really stayed square, stayed at home, able to scrape there. Uh, and, you know, it's run spilled to the outside. He was able to really move with the play and make a play out on the boundary there for, for a loss of one yard. To me, Antonio Johnson is one of those guys who could be a first-round pick. Could also come off the board at the top of day number two. I think a team like the Buffalo Bills would love to have Antonio Johnson, especially you know when you've got 
Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, what's happening there. There may be one final last hurrah there, but if uh, Jordan Poyer isn't re-signed, then you've got a guy that you can bring in. I think another team that, that could potentially be interested in him are the Cincinnati Bengals. They have Daxton Hill already, but depending, you know, you can't sign both Vaughn Bell and Jesse Bates. So depending on what happens there, they could be in the market for another safety. I think with Daxton Hill there, ultimately what you're going to see is, um, you know, Bates and Hill will be my guess more than likely, but that could be a team that could still be interested. I think, you know, with, with Baltimore, Baltimore could be interested in, in bringing him in as well, um, potentially there in round number one. Um, ultimately, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't think he gets past the first couple of picks there on day number two uh, because he is uh, one of those playmaking athletes with tremendous size um, on the back end of the defense. Tyreek Jones, Boise State. Boise State with a couple of safeties who are going to get drafted. Uh, 6'2", 206. This is a guy who makes a lot of plays around the line of scrimmage. A guy that also has ball skills coming over the top. Um, you know, he's a physical dude. Just want to see some of that fluidity. Um, you know, what are we dealing with? Is, is this a guy that can line up and, and cover guys a little bit? Um, you know, and uh, just want to see those, those natural ball skills come out. And uh, just want to see just how fluid those hips are going to be. Brandon Joseph, this dude interesting you know he's, he's a guy he's a, a finesse guy you know, 6'1 192 pounds he's a guy that loves to play over the top I think everybody took notice of him and they were surprised when they saw uh, you know the six interceptions as a redshirt freshman there for Northwestern um, since then um, the last two seasons he has he just hasn't lived up to that form I don't re really think that I've seen him uh, continue to progress his game and become a better player. Uh, you know, one of those guys that uh, does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes, uh, can drive on the football and make a play. You'll see him run the alley. I said that he wasn't very physical, um, but you know that Ohio State game, he did come up and get physical with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, you know, you saw the fluidity in, in his hips there against Michigan in, in 2021 at times. Um, fluid in his back pedal, uh, often lined up in the slot. And uh, to me, I just I, I want to see see the athlete show up. Want to see him really start to separate himself a little bit because he's one of those guys to me that just he leaves me scratching my head and wanting more uh, whenever I watch the film. Jartavius Martin. They're out of Illinois. I mean, Illinois, when you think about the, the, the safety position, or I'm sorry, the, the defensive back position, you've got Martin to go along with Brown and, and Witherspoon. They really had some guys on the back end of that defense. Six foot, 195 pounds, very versatile defender. You know, three interceptions, 11 pass breakups this past season. A guy that you know could, could cover guys in the slot. A guy that you would also play over you know, on the back end of the defense, um, over the top. A guy that can play in the box a little bit. I think he's that Swiss Army knife. And really, what you're looking at is, you know, if he's a very fluid athlete, that's just going to bode well for those cover skills as well. Continue to bump that draft stock up. I've got him as a fourth round guy. Could potentially find his way into round number three when it's all said and done. Kayvon Merriweather, 
look, when you're getting an Iowa corner or an Iowa safety, they're going to be well coached. And Kayvon Merriweather is just that. Six foot, 212 pounds. He'll play in the box. He can be physical. He's going to chase you down, uh, run the alley really well. And, you know, that's really what I have written down time and time again with, with Merriweather is, is kind of that box safety and a guy that uh, uh, looked to get physical with you. Uh, around the line of scrimmage and make, and make some plays. Um, you know, the question really is going to be: You love the safeties who are physical. You love their ability to come downhill. But again, what are we going to see with with the lateral quickness, his ability to flip those hips and turn and run? Um, those are going to be some of the things that you're going to be looking forward to there with with Kayvon Merriweather. Javarius Owens out of Houston. So Javarius Owens, interesting kid, six foot, two hundred pounds. Transfer from uh, NEO A&M College, uh, you know, safety into the boundary, um, a guy that you know, will, will drive on the football, make a play. Uh, but really the, the biggest thing that I, I noticed with him was he seemed to be a step slow. He, there was a little bit of hesitation at times coming and, and, and driving on the football. So there were some catches made uh, you know, on his side of the field that – you know, really, you were expecting him to go make a play on. Um, overall, though, in his four seasons with the Cougars, over 200 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, four interceptions, 15 pass breakups. Um, he's just one of those guys that kind of left you wanting a little bit more. So, really, want to see you know what type of an athlete he truly is, uh, because he again, he's a guy that for me, I, I, I the game film had me wanting to see more out of him. Uh, than really what I was seeing. And so if, if he's that athlete, maybe I can go back and, and look at the film in a different light a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Robinson, Florida State. This is a dude who is really fun to watch. 5'11", 199 pounds, was a real leader there for the Florida State Seminoles. Transferred from, from South Carolina after the 2020 season. Um, first year there, four interceptions. Uh, you know, A guy that had back-to-back seasons with 80-plus uh, tackles. Uh, had at least five tackles for loss in each of those years as well. Uh, a guy that uh, could be a physical presence at that safety spot, uh, could be a downhill blitzer, does a great job coming downhill. Um, you saw the change of direction ability, like against Oklahoma. Uh, he's blitzing, gets to the quarterback. Then you see that change of direction. Dylan uh, Gabriel tries to get outside um, to avoid him. Ultimately gets back inside. Robinson stayed with that quarterback, got the sack, um, was the the leading tackler for FSU, uh, 2022 All-ACC first team. Um, you see him in, in the box. You see him on the outside. Um, he's beating the blocks of, of, of guards um, and, and shooting into the backfield, making plays. This is a guy that played three, three positions uh, against Florida. Um, you know, he can bend coming off the edge to, to rush the quarterback. Saw that against Anthony Richardson there in that Florida game. Um, he needs to make sure that he, he plays under control against Louisville. Um, came downhill and Malik Cunningham was able to make a quick lateral cut on him um, to make him miss in, in the open field. But, man, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch, and I expect him to uh, to have a really solid combine because I think he's he, he is – We'll, we'll absolutely show off that athleticism. 
Which then leads us to Daniel Scott out of Cal. Look, you know, 6'2", 215 pounds, one of the top tacklers in the Pac-12, a guy that can uh, disrupt the catch uh, at the catch point, a guy that can be physical on the back end of the defense a little bit. Uh, you know, and, and he showed some ability to cover both tight ends and receivers. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that you know I, I think needs to continue to showcase some of that athleticism. Uh, JL Skinner, 6'4", 218 pounds there out of Boise State. Unfortunately, uh, you know, he won't be competing at the Combine. He was injured um, and really bummed about that because I think this is a guy that is a very active on the back end. Uh, a lot of skills that, that Skinner brings to the table. You love that size, but again, when you're talking about those bigger, bigger safeties, you worry about some of that stiffness and some of that coverability. But uh, look, there's no question that this is a guy that has a, a ton of range. Um, he can be physical. He's a guy that's going to attack the catch point, a guy that's going to really come downhill and, and make his presence felt. Um, you know, He's uh, uh, very aggressive, as I mentioned, and uh, would have loved to have seen him compete there at, at the Combine because you know, I, I think for his size, if he could showcase the ability to turn and run, show that really fluid hips, I think that would really go a long way towards solidifying his status um, you know, on day two of the draft. Christopher Smith out of Georgia, 5'10", 185 pounds. To me, he's one of the more intelligent safeties in the entire draft class. Um, obviously, uh, you know what he did against LSU in the SEC championship, ultimately, uh, picking up the ball on the blocked field goal by Nazir Stackhouse. I was just sitting there at the five-yard line, picks it up, returns to 95 yards for the, the score. But uh, a guy that always seemed to be putting himself in position to make a play. Um, you, you loved his ability coming downhill, his ability to get to the outside against the run, his ability to play over the top. Um, to me, he did a little bit of everything, and I thought he was the leader of that, the unquestioned leader on the back end of that defense and really one of the, the leaders of uh, Kirby Smart's defense there with the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, six interceptions, 10 pass breakups in his career, six tackles for loss, just 132 tackles. But uh, I, I don't think the numbers really uh, speak for speak for themselves. I think there's really a lot more to the story when you're talking about Christopher Brown because his ability to, um, you know, you just watch, when you study his, his film, it's just, it's textbook puts himself in a, in a play, in a position to make a play on the football. The biggest thing that you wonder about him is he's a little undersized, so that's going to limit things. How, you know, the length is just how long is this guy going to be? And then also the type of athlete that, that we're going to be seeing. You know, is he a guy that's going to showcase that range at the next level? So I think those are things that I'm going to be looking forward to there at the Combine is, uh, you know, really... Can he solidify his status as a, a day two guy? I think Green Bay is going to need a safety, and Christopher Smith seems like the type of guy that would fit in very nicely there in Green Bay. J uh, Jason Taylor, the second out of Oklahoma State. I think this is a dude that people haven't really talked about, and I think he's one of the better safeties that nobody really has heard of, um, and I don't know why uh, nobody's really heard of the guy. But uh, 99 tackles this past season, six interceptions, seven pass breakups. Um, you know, so he's got a nose for the football, knows how to, to make a play on the ball as well. Fifth-year senior there for the Cowboys. And uh, what, what you really love is his ability to come downhill. 
I uh, loved his ability to, to take on Braylon Allen, who's a big physical running back, and uh, was able to wrap him up in the open field after just a short game. Um, six foot, 215 pounds. You know, and he's a guy that, you know, again, he was making plays all over the field for uh, for OSU. And, you know, I, I think if he has a nice combine performance, and he's going to be somebody that will start drawing some chatter there, um, you know, as a day three selection. And then Rashad Torrance out of Florida. Six foot, 202. The junior plays very fast downhill versus the pass and the run. Um, you know, I thought that he, he does a decent job in coverage at times. You're going to see some physicality um, arriving at the football and, and making a big hit uh, to try to draw the football loose. Um, saw him, you know, there was you know times where in, in the running game he, he used those arm tackles and a whiff rather than break down. He just kind of lunges at, at the ball carrier. Uh, but with Rashad Torrance, um, just want to see just how athletic he's going to be. Um, you know, he plays fast coming downhill. But what can he do laterally? Can he flip those hips, turn and run? I mean, some of those drills uh, are really going to expose a lot of the guys that have those stiff hips. And, you know, it's going to be very apparent uh, at the combine, both for the corners and the safeties. You're going to run a lot of the same drills. And really, you're going to be looking at those, the, the change of direction, uh, you know, their ability coming out of their back pedal. You're going to want to watch those those hips. Can they turn and run? Uh, can they flip that from the outside to the inside? Uh, really, what's that going to look like? And then also, obviously, can they finish? You know, when the ball's coming at them, can they make a play on the football? Can they haul it in? All in all, I'm very excited about this uh, this defensive back class, both the corners and the safeties. I think there are a lot of guys who uh, are, are going to get drafted early, especially at that cornerback position. I think you know you could have as many as, as maybe six corners come off the board in, in round number one, and then see another six come off the board in, in round number two. Um, wouldn't even be surprised if there's even more than that, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, because there are a lot of guys, um, you know, a lot of length, a lot of uh, depth at the position as well. That's the thing that I think is, is going to be really exciting. And at the safety spot, you've got some guys that are going to be making plays on the football. You've got those guys on that back end, and you really just want to see just how fluid of an athlete these guys are going to be um, you know and when you watch the game film are you seeing that same athlete in front of you and if the answer is you know it's got you questioning or second guessing yourself you know, maybe they're not the athlete that you were expecting that's going to send you back to the game film or vice versa you may look at them and say well I wasn't expecting to see that and you want to go back and study the game film a little bit more I'll tell you what when I watched Taylor Mays at the combine and I watched just how stiff he was in the hips. Kind of had a feeling, um, but you know there was some some bias as a, a Trojan alum and, and seeing his playmaking ability. I went back and watched some of the game film, and uh, you know again, and sure enough, it showed up. You saw you know the, the some of that stiffness in the transitions, and uh, you know ultimately. It didn't affect his draft status too much because he still was a second rounder, but he was a guy that people were talking about as a potential first round pick. I mean, especially with how fast he was running for a guy that big and you love the ability to come downhill, but if you can't turn and run, if you can't cover, um, it, you know, if you struggle uh, moving laterally, then at that safety spot, you're going to get exposed. And I think that was one of the things that Taylor Mays uh, ultimately did end up getting exposed and you know, why his, his NFL career was kind of cut short. 
And, and so that's ultimately what you're going to be looking at at this group. Uh, you want to see that versatility. Are there some safeties who can really showcase some of that coverability? Because the more versatile they are, the the, the better off you're, you're going to be. Uh, you know, in terms of that, that draft status overall. The same thing with the cornerback, you know, position. You know, our guys, you got the true cover corners that you can put out on an island. You got the physical guys that are going to be jamming you out the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, you've got guys that can play inside, uh, and you know, guys that could do a little bit of both. They can play both inside and outside. Some of the smaller guys, you know, what what do they look like on the outside? Are they strictly a, a slot corner, or can we put them on the outside? What does that look like? And then some of the corners who you know, have that, that ability to also play that safety spot as well. And, you know, hey, they can fill in at that cornerback position in a pinch, but uh, you're likely going to play them at safety. Um, that's really going to be something that you're going to be looking at that, that position as well. So I, I think the more that you can add to your tool belt, then at the end of the day, that's going to make you more marketable as a draft pick. So we'll go ahead and wrap things up here for the defensive back position. Make sure uh, tune into the NFL Network and and watch the combine, watch these corners and, and safeties perform. And then next week after the combine performance on the field has been wrapped up, we'll talk about who the winners and losers were at all of the positions, including the cornerbacks and safeties. We've got a lot to cover over the next few days. I'll make sure to bring all of it to you as I see it. So for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the combine. Enjoy your weekend. And until next time, I am out of here.